It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Okay. Awesome intro. That was really good. Uh, welcome tonight to TV Dinners. I am your host, Jen. Um, I'm feeling really, really salty today. Um, I'll explain why in just a little bit. But tonight we are going to discuss minorities, women, sexual orientation, and other representative factors on TV. Uh, this is definitely uh, a podcast that specifically deals with television series, streaming series, not so much movies. We've done movies uh, in the past. We're really going to focus on the in your living room entertainment week after week kind of representation. Uh, but we're also going to talk a bit about how these things come to pass and why they come to pass the way that they do. Now, I am pretty much, other than being a woman, which I do have some inter interesting statistics on as well, uh, not, a, I, I'm about as privileged as they come, let's just face it. I'm a straight white person. I live in Hawaii. I don't have a whole lot of strikes against me in terms of, well, maybe ageism sometimes, you know, people get kind of weird when you get older. I don't know, but we'll skip that one for the moment. Um, and say one of the things that I think that we all can do as allies is continue to notice this stuff pay attention and call it out. Now, I've said this on previous podcasts about other things. This one really gets me because, of course, I cannot speak from a different nationality and I cannot speak being a different skin color and I cannot speak being a different sexual orientation. Although, as Naja on What We Do in the Shadow says, everybody's gay right now. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say... I feel like this is actually the time to be very empowered and say things that are troublesome in terms of what we all notice. Because let's face it, we are the people who big studios are paying attention to. And I know that that sounds ridiculous, but it is absolutely factual. More of the audience that is straight white and within a, a fairly specific demographic meaning you're between 20 and probably 55 60 
um, you have a fairly middle income, if that's even possible. Um, you're apt to be purchasing two or three streaming services. They want your attention. They want to know how can we keep you? What are we going to do to get you here? And again, as allies, this becomes mission critical. The more we pay attention to these things, the better it can be in order to get representation into our content programming. So I want to start off with a couple of quick statistics. And this is specifically about women in representation. So it, it's it, this is sort of like the most fundamental of all. Um, female movie writers in Hollywood make up 33% of all published content. That is fairly striking. Um, content creators, content creators meaning the people who develop the series and then get to be the showrunners, right? 30% are female. That's staggering. That's absolutely staggering. When you think about the amount of content that is out there and you exponentially start forming math equations around what a 30% population looks like, it is not representative. There are equally about half male and half female people out there in all different age ranges. There is no reason for this except that women get shut out of this market. And as content creators, that really it, that really strikes me. Um, I, I also want to talk about, though, there was a great statistic that I found that talked about Netflix's, I'm sorry, that talked about minority leads. Let's talk about that first. Minority leads across TV streaming platforms make up for 38% of those roles. So any minority. Now, we're not just talking about people that are black and brown people. We're not talking about people that are of Asian descent. We're not talking about it. We are just talking about minorities in general. So when we start adding that all up together, that's pretty huge as well. I mean, huge in the sense that, wow, there is very little representation there. There needs to be much more representation for sure. Um, let's see, what was the other one? The other one was, oh, okay, this one was also pretty interesting. Um, there is a specific share of U.S. TV viewers who think that the media plays a huge role, big role, in reinforcing racial and other minority stereotypes. And that number is 58%. So 58% of us believe that TV, including content that it comes across streaming, uh, miniseries, things like that, play a big role in reinforcing our stereotypes. How do we feel about black and brown people? How do we feel about the Latino community? How do we feel about Asian people? What is our, how, how are we perceiving this? Um, and I feel like that is a really also striking statistic. Um, now, I, I want to back up slightly and talk about two things. One, Netflix has done a fairly amazing job at providing for us a catalog of foreign films and foreign series as well. And these foreign series have gone, I think, a very long way in helping us to understand that content 
can be amazing from all over the world. It doesn't have to be that our content simply comes from Hollywood or is originated in the U.S. What I find fascinating, though, is while we are normalizing that, we are still putting it into boxes. So it's not Netflix content. It's Netflix streaming Korean content. It's uh, it's not a good detective show. It's a Chinese detective show. Um, and the reason that that matters is because each time we put these labels on things, we further stereotype the actual content instead of actually looking at the content for what it is. Um, I, a couple of years ago, uh, my friend Kinte and I, who's sometimes a member of actually this podcast, um, we did a podcast for a show called The Terror. And this particular one was the reprise of the terror from the original terror. Uh, it was specifically about a Japanese-American internment camp. It has a very spooky theme underneath it. it. There are ghosts that are basically following. It's kind of a curse story. Uh, there's ghosts that are following this particular family and they change the dynamic of things. But But what happens is you uncover the situations that Japanese Americans faced in internment camps. And it's not a huge piece of history that people normally think about, understand, or know very much about, much less have art made about. And so we podcasted about this and it was fantastic. Every week we came up with all of these new ideas about what was really going on, what was the ghost situation, why were all of these strange supernatural things happening? And it was fun. We had a great time. I have to say that the number one comment that I saw about the terror in that second season was, why do we need a story about the Japanese in World War II? And it's really surprising because this is the kind of pushback that I think the people who are us, the ones that want to see more representation in television, need to address. Why do we need to see more of that? Because we just don't have enough of it, because we don't know enough about it, because there is a celebration of history and culture through art that is absolutely valid and absolutely has a right to exist. Not to mention the fact that it was just good content. Um, those things they matter in the sense that we as good allies can push against some of that. Um, I, I also just real quick want to brush on something more recent, which is the, oh boy, the Obi-Wan Star Wars series, where we had a very strong female who happened to be Black, and the people who pushed back against that role quite clearly we're not pushing back against the role of her in the position that she was in. Because if that had been a white man, I don't think we would have had any conversation about it at all, other than what a good villain is that role. The reason that these things become so convoluted is because they gain momentum inside of conversations that then sort of run unchecked. And so tonight, I, you know, if you hear the small explosion in the background, that's just me blowing up all the previous show notes that I had to say what I really want to focus on tonight are 
some specific shows that deal with representation, yes, but also how do we all feel empowered to change some of these dynamics and make them work for everyone? Um, I am going to introduce my panel and ask them a whole bunch of super deep questions. And I know that they'll all hate me because they'll go, that's too hard. But we, while we're probably not going to figure everything out, maybe we'll all walk away with a different understanding. So I'm going to introduce Tori first. Tori, how are you? Tori, you are on mute, just so you know. Sorry, I thought I took it off. Okay, hi. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. I had a good day. Awesome. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and Betty, Betty, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm well rested. Very good. <laughs> We're super happy to hear about that. Betty also is my chief enabler, uh, encouraging me to <laughs> spend my money recklessly, which I absolutely love. So thank you so much, Betty. Um, okay. So as an opening question, uh, just real quick, uh, how do you see representation on TV right now? Do you see enough of it? Do you see... And, and I mean, be free, fair, and and kind of frank about what you see and what you would like to see in terms of more representation. Um, I, I think specifically, we've of course, we've all seen different ideas kind of come to life. But what are we not seeing? What, where are the holes in our television series formats? I'm gonna start with you, start with you, Tori. Um, well, I think that uh, over the last 10, 20 years, uh, the, you know, gay representation in the media and um, all sorts of not just content creation, not just sitcoms, not just TV shows or movies, but like writers and, and uh, musicians and all sorts of, you know, um, affluent content creators yes content creators that's what i was thinking of and uh you know i i love that i love that i think that's a good way to start somebody on like their uh, their um how do i want to put this their um <laughs> I, I don't know how to say this without like sounding offensive so i'm just not going to say it so <laughs> let well, me well let me let me ask let me ask this a slightly different way. Where do you see the holes in representation? That is, what do you what do you feel like we are lacking the most of? Um, hmm. like Filipino people, maybe? <laughs> are we specifically talking about a, a well, group or? Okay, so other ethnic groups, right? So yeah. ethnicities at large, you think, are sort of missing out of our our uh cultural content well yeah we focus on certain countries and there's countries that people have never even heard of don't even know exist okay so so let me ask this then what do you say to people who like during the terror asked the question why do we need to have that representation that's not my country what do you say to those people in order to facilitate any kind of uh, resolution, any kind of, well, here, this is why, this is what we need, and be able to back that up? I would say that we need this stuff to build our foundation of what kind of country we want the world to live by, right? 
So in a perfect world, we're still the melting pot, but we uh, treat everybody fairly. Each ethnic group, each person, everybody's treated fairly, which is so vastly different than other countries, you right. know? So, like... Everyone maybe, in America is treated fairly? No, not everybody in America, but I, I'm saying, like, that's the that's representation that they want, is right. that everybody's treated fairly. There is a difference, which I think is important to uh, to lay down here, which is the conceptual understanding of America as a melting pot. And I think that that is still true. We still many of us still believe that America is the country of immigration. We exist because we had, especially in the uh, early 19th century, or I'm sorry, in the early 20th century, but even in the uh, 19th century, we had such a huge amount of people coming in from places like Italy, Spain, Portugal, um, I mean, from all around the world. And we understand that our country is created on all of those foundations where i think we go awry is that we have we have made the mistake in representation of thinking that representation also means identity and it's not your identity whoever you are is whoever you are um, you can be a good person, you can be a bad person, you can be whatever. But the representation that you see in your different content media platforms really has just to do with the equity and fairness of being able to get proper representation across the board, not necessarily to undermine your identity or make you as a person feel like you don't have a place. It is absolutely about the art needs its own huge wellspring from which to draw. And if it's always the same pattern over and over again, then the content becomes problematic because it's always the same pattern. So same question to you, Betty. Uh, where do you see the holes in representation uh, on our current series, inside of our current series? I think um, we're lacking in three-dimensional minority characters in a lot of instances, like, um, If you're not playing, if you're not an actual minority and you're trying to write for these minority characters and you're not asking anybody questions about being a minority, then um, it's going to come off fake. And then, uh, but I do think, I mean, I think we've come a long way from the, in the 90s, Xena Warrior Princess and Gabrielle having to be the only gay representation, even though they weren't really gay, to having a league of their own now. Um, right. So. I, I, I want to bring up uh, something that happened this week. Um, uh, Sasheen Cruz Little Feather is uh, an American actress, and she stood up during the Oscars and basically accepted an award for Marlon Brando at the Academy Awards. Um, and she used the time during the acceptance speech instead of to say he's grateful and, you know, all of the things that a, an actor would say to say, there's a problem with the way that Native American people are treated on the screen and 
I mean, it was much deeper as we began to understand, you know, they were paid like pennies on the dollar. Their experiences as actors were nothing close to the 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 people who would be principal characters. I'm putting principles in quote. Um, and and it was it was enormous. And she got absolute crap for that. I mean, people I can't even imagine if that had happened today because I'm sure she would have been getting death threats and all kinds of things. But the backlash against her was huge. And just this week, just this week, it is 2022. And just this week, the American Screen Academy apologized for the treatment of her. So we're talking 50 years in the making. That's, when you think about it, the, the optimist um, in me, John Wayne threatened to um. Let's see, he like threatened to like kill or assault her or something. Yeah, and and that John was Wayne. also famously captured on video yeah. as well. Yeah, that's insane. So, so and and if, and okay, and so let let's get into this part of the conversation. Uh, this is I'm putting a li- some things a little bit before, but first thing is. The 50-year gap is is ridiculous. I mean, there's no reason that this couldn't have been done many years ago. And the fact that we're sort of just getting around to it now is just, it's inexcusable. And like many things in content production, this is one of them that rarely escapes the attention of people, even if studio execs and people who think that they are in high positions of authority even if they think that we're not noticing people are noticing they do notice they know these things have happened it is in the zeitgeist that john wayne threatened a a woman and not just a woman a woman who was a fourth of his size for saying something that wasn't even offensive. It was just truthful in the sense that, hey, we need better conditions. These conditions are bad. So, you know, we're all always ready to jump on the side of the 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 people who are downtrodden by capitalism and say, well, yeah, of course, you know, the baristas at Starbucks should have the right to unionize or whatever, because we want them to be treated better, right? But sometimes we forget that this extends in not just the 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 kind of clear-cut capitalism ways but also in the sort of subtle ways and i feel like this is also one of the things that comes up often which is something that betty brought up and also you tori um we have this really horrible way of taking a show us in just one show and it has some fairly equal representation and we point to it and go huzzah look at all the progress we've made yeah look at us pat ourselves on the back when that makes up the teeniest tiniest fraction of our content and now i'm not saying that we shouldn't celebrate it i absolutely believe that we should but i am sick and tired of people telling me that any one series is a good representation and it means that we of course we're turning the corner no we're not um have you do you guys all watch uh reservation dogs Mm -mm. 
No, but I plan on it. It's um about native youth, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And Reservation Dogs, uh, it's on Hulu. It's actually really good. And representation factor is at a 10 plus plus plus. Uh, it, also, it's just freaking funny. It's hilarious. Everything about it is awesome. Um, so if I, <laughs> when I think about this, I think, okay, so this is a show that does it right, right? But then I see that we go back and we still have the same tried and true formulas for most of our uh, series, any of our serialized fictions, where we have white people in white roles doing white things. And I especially find this as, as difficult as it is for me to say in fantasy, where for some reason, even though it is fantasy, even though we are literally making stuff up, we still cannot seem to move outside of this bizarre role where white people have the power, black and brown people don't. Where white people do all the important governance and black and brown people or any other ethnicity are relegated into these roles of subjugation. I do not understand it. I've never been able to understand it. But it's really saddened, it, or I'm really saddened. Now, I'm going to bring up something, and hopefully uh, you guys will be able to reel me back in if I need to be. So big, big, big controversy. In the, the fantasy community, now there's two things coming up. There's House of Dragons coming up on HBO Max. Super excited about it. And there's Rings of Power coming up on Amazon. Uh, Amazon chose, uh, the Rings of Power chose, to put a female dwarf, who is also black, into a primary role. Very big. And so the, the Tolkien fans are like, arguing over whether she needed a beard right and and i think that that's totally cool you should totally argue about that because that is actually factual to the fiction okay but do not come at me with there are no black people in middle earth just don't do it because that's ridiculous and more so it's ridiculous to think that any person cannot represent. We have white people who represent every other faction of every other nationality. I don't know if you guys remember, I'm so sorry to bring this up, poor Zach, I feel bad for you, but uh, many years ago, only because I live in Hawaii do I know this, uh, there was a really important Hawaiian, um, I, I'm, I'm gonna call, th this role was very important in Hawaii, I'll just say that. And rather than cast an actual Hawaiian person, they tried to cast Zach McGowan, who they said looked like he could be Hawaiian. He's not Hawaiian, he doesn't, he doesn't even look Hawaiian, you're talking about somehow either prosthetically or using makeup make him look more ethnic than what he is. That is inexcusable. There are plenty of people out here. There are many people who would love that role. Do not give me any of that. It, I just, no. Okay. Natalie Wood in um, West Side Story vibes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And, yes. and there's, no, there's no, there is no, I, I, I mean, honestly, if I could have had anybody on this podcast to talk about representation, I think it would have been Lynn manuel Um. I can't wait for his picture to come up on my screen because if Josh is not paying attention, I I, I don't know. He's not yeah. yeah, there we go. Um, I, 
because I feel like Lin-Manuel gets it, right? It's not just telling the story of white people doing white things. It's telling a story of people and then putting proper emphasis on ethnicity where it needs to be. Or like you can tell the story of Encanto in all kinds of different ways, but you cannot tell the story of Encanto without telling the story of where these people are from and how they came to the place that they are and what kind of allegory that is for immigration. Like, it's just that simple. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you guys, uh, first of all, to tell me if you think I'm way off base here, but secondly, and do dwarves need beards? Because I'm on that side. Um, and But secondly, to tell me what kind of series, I've told you mine, what kind of series do you think needs more representation and what representation do you think it needs? Um, I, I was a huge proponent forever in a day that law and order was ridiculously over dominated by men and that there's no way that there are so few women working on the New York City police force that this was really just a conscious choice. So all the women went to SVU. <laughs> like that. Yeah, they all went to SVU. Wow, smart women. Um, okay, so start with you, Betty. Uh, tell me, what do you think Give me some kind of idea about that in particular. Okay, so repeat the question, please. Okay, so tell me what series or types of series do you think need more representation and what representation do they need? Oh, I have no idea. Um... I think sitcoms are what I can tell you what I think who I think is doing right. I think sitcoms are getting up there. I mean, we had Superstore and Brooklyn Nine Nine, and those were very good mm -hmm. representative. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to say any police procedural or any show that specifically deals with our infrastructure. So EMTs, uh, we've got the Chicago one, we've got the, uh, we've got the Law and Order families, uh, we've got so many police procedurals. Um, those all need both more women and more representation of different ethnicities. To me, the fact that you could tell a story about New York City and have it be all about straight white males is so far-fetched because those people clearly have not either been to New York City or are making a conscious choice to say, no, we don't believe that what's in New York City needs to be represented on the screen. Okay, can I tell mine? Because I think you guys are going to laugh. Absolutely, Tori. Tell the us. Bachelor franchise. The Bachelor franchise? Okay, tell us why. What, and what does it need? See, the women are well represented in different ethnicities, but The Bachelor always just seems to be a white guy. Like, I don't... Maybe there has been a black ma Bachelor, and I stand corrected, but well, I, I don't remember it there being Even one. The Bachelor, there was... I think there was only one minority female, and... Then there was uh, like this this season they did this thing where there were two two female leads together, and there was at least one entire episode the entire time talking about how the women was there going to be problems were people, were the two women going to be jealous were there were the and the guys were talking about this 
there's like all of these guys, but they suddenly get two women on that show and the women are going to be jealous and they're going to be. Yeah. And they're going to be fighting over the men. Okay. So let's talk about a series that actually does it right. I got one in mind. Project Runway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Project Runway brings in the, the everybody, the everybody. Um, I used to think that when I was young and uninformed uh, about uh, what was it called? America's Next Top Model or Top Model. Oh, yeah. I've heard all kinds of horrific things recently. I, I used to think that. I used to think, oh, hey, you know, look at them giving all these people a chance. And then, yeah, and then like you, I was like, oh, boy, okay. What happened? Stuff that I don't understand. <clears throat> Thanks. Is problematic. Ah. Uh. The, the, uh, apparently there's also a lot of behind the scenes uh, let's just call it bad stuff there's just not good stuff racism there. And things like that yeah a lot of racism and a lot of mm. and a lot of beauty standards that are that <laughs> that are both arbitrary because that's just the way that it is but when you start applying a, a kind of beauty standard that is basically only attainable if you're white to people that are not white, that's a problem. That's a or huge even, problem. Or even apparently there was like one white girl who had a gap in her tooth, which they were thought it was fine, but there was one black woman who had one and they did they told her she had to get it fixed or she was leaving or something like that. Yeah, things like that. Things like that yeah. It really inappropriate across the board. Um <clears throat> okay. Uh so it are are there any series that you know of Betty that you think do it right? A specific series. The name of it. Um, I would say, um, I would say, uh, I think Brooklyn Nine Nine did it right. Yeah. So you have, um, I think one of the best parts of the show was the strong female characters, and then you had um, a gay lead who was in charge of everything. Um, well, he was, um, the big boss, which doesn't usually happen. It was a gay male lead. And then it talked a lot about the fact that he dealt with racism and homophobia. And then the women were dealing with misogyny. And like, I think a lot of realistic things happened in a humorous way. Um, and then there were all diversities. Awesome. Yeah. What about you, Tori? Do you have uh, a series that you can think of where they actually get it right? Well, I think I think Curb Your Enthusiasm actually does it right because sometimes, yeah, yeah sometimes. So, like, right. but it's awkward if it doesn't. It has a right even if it's awkward and and it shouldn't be right, right? So, like, like they get away with saying a lot of uh, maybe uh, like. You know, making one culture look uh, exacerbated, right? Does that make sense? Like, like gr- grandiose and so the thing about curb your, life. The thing about curb your enthusiasm is it is absolutely supposed to be kind of a slap in the face to everything. It's sarcastic. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes deeply sardonic. Um, it is meant to be dark comedy. It is not meant to be take this at face value. Um, this brings up an interesting question, though. <clears throat> I'd love to know what you guys think about this. My feeling lately is that 
the idea of creating representation has unleashed a backlash of people that now use the word woke as some kind of hurled insult at anything that attempts to normalize well, I shouldn't say normalized representation, but that uses representation in a way that it is definitely not meant to be. So when you add women to any situation, you're being woke about it. I just had this conversation with somebody else very recently. Um, when you add people of color to the rings of power, you are being woke about the story. Mm. And I find that to be like such a disingenuous argument. But what do you guys think about that? I think they're using like the term woke as like not in the right context. Like what people would use the word ignorant to say stupid, but that's not what the word ignorant means, you know? So like, but that was a, that's the type of thing that I feel like people are doing now. Yeah. You big dummy. All these people, good Lord. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to actually say it that way, but I mean, sometimes Sometimes I feel like people's ignorance shows and their flat out racism shows in a way that sort of belays the what they say underneath it, where they mm -hmm. say underneath it, I'm not racist. I just don't like this, this and this. And like, well, that is racism. That is at the heart of it, racism. Now, I'm sorry, I wanted to give you a chance. Go ahead, Betty. Tell me what you think. What do you think about the whole woke thing? Um, I think people are, it, yeah, it's their polite way of saying, um, I want to see stuff that looks like me because right. they don't realize like, um, when men see women on something, they think, oh yeah, that's enough. And it looks like there's a lot to them, but in reality to actual women, they're like, oh, where are the women? Because we're the ones that are going to be noticing gay people yeah, are going right. to be non-gay characters. Right. Um, <clears throat> There's also, yeah, I, I think there's also a really interesting through line with all of this. And that is when people, specifically in TV series that make their way into our homes, and listen, I get it, right? I understand that, that there is a complexity to cultural identity that is not a sound bite, and it's not something that we can tackle in a 60 minute podcast. It's a big, huge, massive topic. And this is part of the reason that we're all struggling with it so much because it's so huge and it affects so much of what we do. But there are simple things that I don't feel like push the envelope at all. And rather than have those simple things that don't push the envelope out there for us to start normalizing representation, other kinds of representation in our media, we push back against it because it's not normalized. Because, and again, I go back to this statistic where I'm not trying to make women the heart of everything, but if women are only 30% of show creators, then I guarantee that that number is not higher for other minorities in show creation. And if you have white men and straight white men writing all of our content, it's kind of easy to see why that's what we get 
or why we feel like all of the representation is tropish or uh, a token Asian person. And, and they, you know, fill in a gap like being the nerd or the black person gets to be the criminal or um you know somebody from the philippines is making food that you can't stand or whatever i mean all of those things what they do is they normalize our all of us together as our society they normalize our misconception of other cultures and they make people feel as if they are the other instead of feeling like they are a part of who we all are this is this is who we all are um has, I have, still re- has anybody ahead. seen the, sh- the show white lotus yes i have so i'm conf- that show is interesting in they have representation but they are satire. Is I guess it might be satire, but then at the end of it, sort of spoiler. Spoiler. Basically, the only people that come out the other end um, are the rich white people. So it's like so accurate. I think it hurts. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think I, I and I think personally. Okay, this one touches near and dear to me. Um, I think that the reason that that happens is because whether we realize it or not, we champion the norm. We don't champion, we say we champion the underdog, but we don't. I mean, let's be real about it. We don't champion the people who are the strangest among us or the different among us, which is why I think a fair portion of the population that wants to see this rallies around any representation when it exists. Now, I'm, I'm going to use this one and I'm going to explain why I think that this is even, even in this, it's problematic. I recently, uh, a couple months ago, or a month ago, finished Stranger Things, the second, uh, the third season. <clears throat> and Stranger Things does a great job of helping to normalize nerddom. I mean, it really is kind of next level there, right? But let's think about this for a second. They're all, except for one who feels like the token guy, they're all white. They're all, and I get it. They're all living in a suburb where, okay, maybe we didn't have a lot of other, there is no, what this feels like to me again and again and again is sloppy and uninspired writing. And, and you know, listen, I love Stranger Things and I absolutely credit the writers for coming up with something so amazing. But it never feels to me like we are even close to having any amount of on-screen representation of anyone. Why couldn't we make any of those characters Asian, brown skin? Why, why did we have to only have some token characters in here? What is wrong with us? Why couldn't any of the kids in the stranger, in the, um, in the hospital, in the, uh, in the facility, why couldn't any of those kids have been 
of other ethnicities. Why did I just? I thought the, there was um, one token black kid. There is one token black kid. I just mentioned that. Yeah, and oh. and it's it, it it's it's good, and I'm not taking anything away from that role. It's a great role. And acted not enough. super well, but it's, yes, it's just not enough because again, what we're doing is we are pushing this kind of content out to the margins and saying, okay, well, look, we have, we've done our part. It's, it's a little bit like this to me. It's like when you put in 5% of anything and say, well, I did something. Mm. So mm -hmm. give me a little bit of, of, congratulations tap me Ooh, on the back the and tell me that's on the dollar you, you know yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> and in any other field in any other area of our collective passions we would not accept that we would say 20 percent, listen or five percent listen no we're not going to accept that but somehow we have gotten so complacent and okay let, let's i'm going to switch gears just slightly here because I don't want to run out of time without being able to talk about it. Um, I, I also want to talk about what happens when we collectively sort of jump on bandwagons that are perhaps not exactly the greatest uh, for us to do be as allies because representation matters, but representation is also more than just being an ally. Um, and then I also want to get Betty's take on A League of Their Own because I really want to hear how that series in particular uh, kind of runs the gamut right now. Um, I, I, I remember watching Hannibal and recognizing immediately that there is this intense chemistry between Will Graham and Hannibal. Now, Hannibal is... A terrible person and walking into the series you know he's a terrible person you know he's a cannibal you know he kills people for reasons like you're rude okay that's not acceptable behavior we don't accept that obviously but the bigger sin in hannibal is not that hannibal is a cannibal but that hannibal or is killing people but that hannibal is maybe slightly gay that there is some kind of perhaps by sexuality tension between Graham and another character and then Hannibal. Uh, there, sometimes these things really baffle my brain and Brian Fuller has actually done a really good job of sort of dispelling a lot of junk of, around it. And man, full on credit to him for doing that. Um, but recently- honestly I just want to say, like, Hannibal's such a good, a good, um, sexually open character because you get this intense, like, vibe with, um, with Will, but you also get it with Jillian Anders' character, Jillian Anderson's character. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like the fact that he wants to eat them is so sensual to him. Yes, yes, and 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 it's a part of his makeup, absolutely. But the but. Well, I shouldn't say but. And let's also contrast this with the new, newer, new-ish series from Taika Waititi called Our Flag Means Death. Now, Our Flag Means Death 
is the fan base is probably, I'm going to say conservatively, 70% female and maybe 30% male. Maybe. Maybe there's people who are watching it with their girlfriends going, oh, okay, I'll struggle through this and watch it. Mm-hmm. The reason that Our Flag Means Death is so incredibly popular and if you read forum boards and you watch their groups it's not because the pirates are gay it's not because the whole thematic part of this is open sexuality it's not the fact that there's a trans character in it it's not it's none of that it's that the story is compelling and funny and the part about being gay is actually the part about human affection for humans which honestly sometimes i think we lose sight of and sexual orientation in representation for tv series is one of those things that we miss the mark on a lot because we do have a lot of token characters for this but we don't have a lot of this is just the norm Uh, we're trying i i think we really are trying to tori's point i think we actually did a fairly good job at uh trying to turn that around but we're still in this phase of you are not the character in a show you're the gay character in a show and our flag means death sort of turned that upside down and said no no no. see everybody like Nod just said everybody's gay um and and it's not that i think any or all of those pirates are gay it's that nobody cares nobody cares that and, and I, I think that women, by and large, sort of accept a lot of this where men don't. Um, and that may explain why a lot of the male content creators are not creating content that is like that. Although I will say that Taika Waititi is male, so he gets full props. Good job. Um, all right. So, uh, Betty, I don't want to lose any time uh in not talking about a league of their own so tell us what you discovered about a league of their own um so basically a league of their own is the gayest show i've ever seen um during a time when no one was allowed to be gay um it has i think it has i've seen the show twice already i was supposed to watch other shows for this but i ended up watching a league of their own again it's not my fault um i think all of the characters are complex like um the main storylines are queer and i think this is and they also have other things going on for them like because they have their baseball and their dreams and things like that and Mm -hmm. i don't think usually i would say i like seeing the representation of characters like there's even a, a trans character um and this person was basically shunned um without being about only gayness that which is similar to our flag means death right right it's not about that it just happens to be a function and a facet of who these people are right like the l word they're just lesbian that's the show but in in the league of their own so maybell which there's also a character named maybell and um she's actually one of the best she's becoming one of my favorite characters in the series because she seems so dumb, but like, anyway, so the, um, Maybelle Blair, she was, she 
was one of the consultants, and she was the baseball player from the league. And one of the things she spoke about was how um, when she when they joined the league and they, they ended up having all of these other queer women, and basically they were thrilled because there were other people like them. And it, mm. that never really happened before. Um, and the woman was like, well, how did you know? She's like, we just knew. And like, which is very funny because it's still like that. You just know. Um, so, and I think, and they have other, so a lot of people are saying this is where the movie should have, what should have happened in the movie. But you also have the black leagues, the black women are represented and how they're not allowed to get into baseball and their stories. Um, a woman being into comic book characters, which doesn't really happen back in that time. Um, and the things that actually, and it, I think it's good at showing the isolation of being different in a world okay. that's not really accepting and um, like women and working, everybody. So basically everyone's represented and it's very gay. Nice. Uh, and I, I have to say, I give a lot of credit to Amazon for pushing some boundaries. Um, I, I'm going to say that I think that the number one right now, it, just in terms of pushing what I would consider to be the envelopes of representation is Disney. I expect, um, I expect, I just want to say, I expected one gay couple in a league of their own. I didn't really expect that they would be so realistic and the fact that a women's baseball team would have so many gay people. Right, right. Um, I, 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 I don't know if you guys share the same thought because you know, it's it's complicated. Disney is a multi-billion-dollar conglomeration of all kinds of things, but in terms of their content platforms, I am really pretty happy with the representation push that they have made and the push back against people to say, if you don't like it, well, I'm sorry, but this is who we are as a country, as a people, as a nation. This is what we know people tune in to watch. So they didn't back off of Miss Marvel and they didn't say, well, we don't need a story about a Pakistani hero because she's not a Pakistani hero. She's a hero, first and foremost. Secondly, she's a U.S. citizen. Thirdly, her heritage adds to her character. And we don't say, well, you know, if you're from England, because you're second generation American, that somehow that makes you unlikable. Well, why do we need all these English people? We don't need any of this, you know royal it's, representation i mean it's, it's like so ridiculous but that's a funny thing to bring up because in the show you had the british guy who who like the british indian guy who stopped using his british accent around yeah. her family right right and for with uh, and, and in that case it totally works right it absolutely it funny. works i i loved that you're right um uh, tori give us uh or Help me understand what you think um, right now is a something that we can do all together to push representation into our art and content. Um, and, you know, it can be something simple or it can be something really complex. Tell me what you think. 
I think everybody like should have a voice and it should be said fast. There should be standards of what kind of voice everybody has. Cause it should be in, in theory, everybody should have their own voice and they should all be heard, but we know that that's not going to happen, you know? But like, that would be like the strive to, to go to, you know, like, you know, and then we can fix it where it needs fixed. But I think that that would be like the, the foundation of it. Okay. What about you, Betty? What was the question? Uh, what's what's something either complex or simple that we can do to help get more representation into it, into a studio? So if you were called on as a consultant to make these choices, what kind of choices would you make in order to facilitate getting more uh, representation into our TV series content? I would say they need to add more lesbians. Um, the, the People love the gay men now. Um, I do too, but um, I think it would make more sense to have more complexity in like groups. So they always have, so like, say you have friends. Does anybody really only have a bunch of white friends? Right. Um, well, not if you live in Hawaii, you don't. <laughs> I um, I really like how, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to tell you what my, uh, what my pitch would be to the executives over at HBO Max. First thing I would say is stop screwing around with Discovery. Uh, but I know that that's not going to happen. But I'd say it anyway. Second thing is in terms of representation. Stop treating content as if it can only come from one source and be viable. Good content can come from minority creators. It can come from women, which are also in the minority. Uh, in terms of their representation. It can come from all kinds of different uh, ideas. There's no reason, except for the lines that we have defined as being, this is what we believe that audiences will like, to accept the fact that everything has to be a white story or a story that specifically comes from white people. The more of color, the more of other ethnicity, the more women, the more minorities that we can put into writing and content creation roles, the more diverse the, the more diverse we are going to get in our stories just by proxy of having them be the writers. Um, it's not one, a far stretch. I'm sorry, like one, one show that I wanted to bring up because of this diversity thing mm -hmm. was um, Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Oh, Bridgerton, right. Yeah, because it brought forth like black characters back then and there were there. They were living in England and they were living in France and they were living other places than just Africa all over the world. Oh, and I, I hate think that, that stereotype. I hate yeah. that. And I think that um, that it was definitely like very um, more diverse in 
the public courtships and all that stuff than than previously thought. You know or what I, represented. You know what I like show that I think the way I like from what I've heard is you know I can't watch the show anymore. Um, the boys, right? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. because I feel like they did a sort of bait and switch. So it's like, how are you going to get um white males, for instance, straight white males to watch a TV show with minorities? Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you gonna show them like get them drawn into the show to show them how ridiculous they are? And then they did the boys and they did a great job sucking them in and making them realize, oh, what a shitty person this person is. Which, um, which, which newsflash, just as a, as a quick promo for next week, that is the topic of our podcast next week. It's the boys. So, and yes. so, yeah, and I like, I like, because even if they don't get it now and they're really angry now. I'm hoping that with at least at least one person is going to watch that and it's going to resonate and it's going to stick with them and they're going to be like, huh? And that could be like, okay. a step. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna have to wrap up pretty soon, but I am going to leave you with a or not leave you, but I'm going to sort of summation Hi. here uh, with a with a sort of well understood fact. Now, when we watch westerns that were created in the 50s and the 60s and the early 70s. We very much, almost every single person that I know, go, eesh, that's awful. Representation of American Indian, uh, I shouldn't even say Native Americans, uh, representation of Mexican people. Guys, Mexicans were the cowboys. Yeah, I, I've never understood this domination of straight white men as being the cow. <laughs> never understood that. Okay, but okay, let's put that aside for a second. When we watch, when we all now watch Westerns, we cringe because it is so tropey and so just sort of over the top with the both misogyny, racism, and all kinds of things. There is a path forward here. If we are able to see that as being a shortcoming and we don't make, we just literally don't make cowboy movies that way anymore. Uh, I just watched, well, I didn't just watch. Many years ago, I watched a great Western called Godless, which is specifically about women. It's all about women. I mean, there's guys in it too, thank you. Thank you guys well, then, for being part of well, that. Women are gods, so that seems it is Godless is one of those. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it's one of those series that it it literally leaves you breathless. It is absolutely that unbelievable. The cinematography in it is unreal. It, technically, I don't think you can get more levels of perfection than Godless. But then the story adds on this honeyed lev level that is just every spoonful feels decadent every scene feels like oh this is heaven it's absolutely beautiful it's, well, a, it's a hard michelle, story michelle dockery what? from um from uh dalton abbey 
Yes, it, it, it's a hard story. It is not an easy story to digest, but it is an amazing story. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, so uh, what I was saying, though, is that we don't make Westerns the way that we used to. We now have moved in the direction of a different kind of representation, a different kind of diversity, a different understanding of who things were, when, and why. And Dr. Quinn was a great Western. Yes, Doctor. Actually, well, Doctor Quinn was good, but man, they really did fall into a lot of stereotype tropes too, and and yeah. it's a product of its time. But that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, look, all of our shows today are a product of our time. That doesn't mean we can't move forward through them into something better, something more representative, something that has better power to it because it means that all of us are involved and and again i'm just gonna say this one more time this starts it, if you're listening and you are a writer write if you yes. are a minority writer write 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 keep trying because this is i think the crux of what we need we need more content written by minorities altogether all different. I want to say one more thing about Dr. Quinn. Um, if it wasn't for that show, I don't, I think that was what introduced me to the fact that the native population had been dis discriminated against. Mm. Which is kind of funny, right? That you would learn that from a TV show from the 90s. I, I remember uh, a Western. I do not remember which one it was. Uh, I was young when I saw it. And there was an illusion not an illusion, but an allusion to people wrapping uh, victims of smallpox up in blankets and then giving those blankets to the Native Americans. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized that, that was actually based on a factual event. That's actually things that they did in order to decimate American Native American populations. That's what they did. That These things are like, okay, so factually, there are certain things that matter. But then structurally, other things matter. So representation is, is not just about, oh, well, there were no Black people in England. Representation is, I don't care if you don't think your history had Black people in them. There's no reason that you cannot have representation and diversity in your acting cast. Your skin color does not make you a not good actor or a good actor or whatever. If you are an actor, you are being paid to represent a role. And there's zero reason that we cannot see into a person to say, this is Sherlock Holmes. This is James Bond. This is whoever. We all, all agree that Idris Elba is supposed to be the next one, right? Also, I am definitely going to the theater to see Idris Elba, Idris Elba punch a lion. I, I love oh, lions, but I, I am so willing to go see Idris Elba to go do that. I just I just saw a funny um, commercial with him, and um, I think it was a TikTok thing. But never mind, because I can't remember who he was with. Anyway, it was funny. I love him. I absolutely funny. love him. Yeah, I like him. Uh, and and and, and let, let's just you know, let's just touch very quickly before we talk about how we can find each other on social media. That we don't need to just rely on the heavyweights to carry us. We don't just need to rely on the fact that Sidney Poitier was a thing, or that Idris Elba is a thing, or that we have Will Smith or whoever. Look, look, there are some very prominent black and brown people and other people 
who have different ethnicities, different nationalities, who are very widely known, but they cannot bear the entire shoulder, or they cannot be the entire shoulder, all the weight of content creation that's not fair to them and it doesn't give us enough absolute representation either. We can't call on George Takai every time we want someone who is Japanese. We need to have more people. So I, I know a whole bunch of people who didn't even know that Jet Li was Asian. And I, I was like, they were like, no, he's American. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, the, yes, that's the state of where we are right now. So I will leave it there. But thank you tori thank you betty this has been an amazing conversation great hour of talking about representation uh i hope you'll all join us next week for the boys we are going to take a deep dive yes i'm super proud of that pun thank you very much um i'm really actually pretty excited to talk about this uh, the boys is it's become a cultural phenomenon but it's so much more than that uh, the storytelling is pretty amazing. I want to talk about its origins. I want to talk about why the boys really makes us feel so terrible and what it is about that that makes us want more of it. Uh, it's it's quite a an interesting psychology. Uh, and we'll also talk about Betty's point, which is a trick, I think, that the writers used in order to bring people in. So we will talk about the fact that Homelander is not the hero that you think he is. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> but I can't wait. I'm really excited. Uh, Tori, how can we find you on social media? You can find me on Facebook at Tori Rush. And you can find me on Instagram at Rush Tori. And that's with a Y. You can friend request me. My public, my profile is public, I believe, on both avenues. Right now, my uh, podcast is taking a small hiatus until I get out of Facebook jail. And then, uh, but as soon as I start, uh, I think I, I might um, start just broadcasting it to my YouTube, but I'll keep you guys updated. So right now, you can find me on your show. <laughs> All right. And Betty, how can we find you? You can find me on TikTok or Instagram at Betty Chitty Bang Bang. Very cool. You can find me at Movies and Meals. You can also find me on Fridays on our new podcast. Josh and I have a great podcast called 10 to 1 where we count down a random movie idea and come up with 10 movies that are the best of that idea. This week we are doing steamy sex appeal, ste steamy sexual chemistry steamy steamy chemistry i don't know the right exact word to use for this but i think you all get the idea oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be really fun uh can't wait to see what we come up with so with that i thank you both thank you josh for being our producer thank you all for listening and we will see you next week bye